difference. Can I ask about you? I mean, do you feel that this journey, these um, supply operations are safer for you now, given that there is this partial truce? Or is it still very tense when you are on these convoys going into these besieged areas? Yes, for sure. Yes, yes. Yes, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. 2013, it was a very dangerous year for SARC because we lost almost, you know that we lost almost 53 volunteers. 2013, it was the worst year we've had in SARC. 2016, I believe that we gained the trust of all parties in the field. As soon as we gain trust, we can reach easily all the people who are in need. I believe 2016 will be the year for, let's say, a peace for Syria and a long ceasefire. It's amazing to hear somebody like you, somebody who's had a lot of experience of working in Syria, talking with a measure of optimism that perhaps things can get better now. Is that something you really feel? I mean, clearly it's what you wish for, but is it something that you now really think is possible? Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Because I believe yes, I believe. yes, I believe. Because I believe in my killed colleagues. Because I believe in their mission to help the people. Because I believe in their blood and their wishes to help the people who are in need and all the volunteers of the Syrian Arab Red Crescent. We will continue our mission to reach all the people who are in need. We are almost 11,000 volunteers from all over Syria. From all over Syria. Have you heard any reports of the truce, the partial ceasefire being violated, being broken? I heard nothing about any broken... I heard nothing about any break of the ceasefire. Okay. Okay, I noticed in Damascus you can feel the sounds of the bombing and the cannon becoming less and less, but it didn't stop. It didn't stop, and I didn't hear any break or any violation of the ceasefire. But it sounds almost, Mahanid, as if I can hear you breathing for the first time today. For the first time in a long time. Yes, that's, that's because I was yes, that's because I was inside the besieged areas like Muadamiya or Madaya or Zabadani. But now, two hours ago, I went to the military queue and I've been waiting there. For that reason, I can speak to you freely without people gathering, almost 1,000 people gathering round me. Good grief. Because you know the people, as soon as they see a Syrian Arab Red Crescent volunteer and you have a camera with you, they start complaining and asking you for help. Can you take us out? Can you bring us such and such and such flour for the bread? Can you bring us some food? And today we delivered them the non-food items because the people two weeks ago, okay, they asked me for elderly diapers and diapers for the kids and some mattresses. So I reported that to my administration and we decided to send non-food items for the people today. The Syrian Arab Red Crescent worker, Mohammed al-Assadi. Well, aid is getting through to many areas where there is a truce, but there is no truce declared in areas controlled by the jihadist group known as Islamic State. IS's capital is in Raqqa, in the east of Syria, and it seized the city just over two years ago. For the past three months, we've been in sporadic touch with an activist based in Raqqa from a group called Al-Shakir 24. He's been keeping a diary of what life is like there. Over the next five days, we'll hear about the indiscriminate brutality meted out by the members of IS or Daesh and what it means to live under their regime. For obvious reasons, we've changed some details of his story and got an actor to voice his words. It's Friday. This is the day we used to gather in the street after prayers and have long chats. But not anymore. 
Anyone gathering in public without permission now risks being accused of plotting against Daesh. I'm passing a crowd in a public square. I don't want to join them because they may have been told to watch a beheading. But thank God it's only a lashing this time. The offender is one of theirs. His offense, I'm told, was carrying out a homosexual act. Tomorrow I go back to work, a new week, with new hopes of being liberated. But I want to tell you about when Islamic State first entered my beloved city. On Mother's Day, a cold winter morning, I heard the sounds of warplanes. I immediately set out for my home. My brothers and sisters and I had planned a small party. As my taxi neared, clouds of smoke filled the air. The regime's warplanes had hit our street. There were ambulances everywhere. People were running around carrying the dead and the injured. One of my neighbors told me that my parents were hurt and had been taken to the general hospital. When we arrived...